Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Sunday, friends. That's right. It's time for Vikings Event Line. What are we, just a little more than a month from the regular season starting here for the Purple? And oh boy, has there been a lot that's happened in the last seven days or so at Minnesota Vikings training camp. I hope we get there in one piece. I certainly hope we do. Uh, regardless, though, Vikings Event Line and Purple Daily never stop. Seven days a week, Minnesota Vikings coverage on your podcast and YouTube feeds. If this is the first time you're discovering us, thank you very much. Hit that subscribe button. We'll be pumping out daily Minnesota Vikings content, uh, sometimes bonus episodes after dark episodes from training camp. Obviously, Vikings Event Line here on Sunday. We have Write That Down on Wednesdays. So plenty of Minnesota Vikings coverage right here at your disposal. Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. And on YouTube, my guy John's going to join us here in just a second. But if you'd like to get in on a future episode of Vikings Ventline, you'll see it ticking at the bottom of the screen. Shoot me an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com, vikingsventline at gmail.com. I will gladly put you in queue, uh, get you on here to uh, give some Vikings takes. I know there's a lot of fans who have, have, have a lot to say over what's happened here in the last week or so for the Vikings. So shoot me an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com. All right, let's get my guy John in here. John is uh, in Bloomington. He is uh, one of the rare Vikings Ventline guests who actually is from here in Minnesota. It's actually funny to me, John. Like all, all these guests that have been coming on, I think it's actually super cool that all these Vikings Great, fans yeah. are literally all over the country. We've had a couple that have joined from Italy and the U.K., even in Europe. It's been uh, great. A couple yeah. of guys from Canada. Like it, it is pretty mind-blowing to me how big the Vikings actually are outside of Minnesota. It's cool, yeah. No, and certainly great to hear. You know, people come from across, you know, all over and be able to do it. I actually lived. Um, I grew up in Minnesota, but moved back about two years ago. I lived in Omaha for about ten years. Okay. And Omaha is kind of this interesting spot where they don't really have a team. You know, they they don't really have a team. Like, it's just kind of a melting pot. Like, I would just we just go to a bar if we ever missed the in network games. You know, if we didn't see them on yeah. Fox, and we'd roll down to the bar for NFL Sunday ticket, but. It was like just a hodgepodge of, you know, everyone was in there, you know, Broncos, Raiders, say, you know, yeah. like Cowboys, Vikings, you know, I'd run into Vikings fans from time to time in Omaha as well. So it's, it was just kind of crazy being in one of those cities where you don't really have any allegiance, but this it's just people's all, you know, folks are all over the place. And yeah, even Omaha had some Vikings fans I'd run into at bars and stuff like that from time to time. Yeah, it would, it would seem like my first guess, like in a state like Nebraska, obviously, you know, I'm sure the Cornhuskers on Saturday, it, it, the whole state probably shuts down. And yeah, that's their religion. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> then I would, I would bet on Sundays, yeah, I would assume Broncos and like Vikings fans are probably like 1-2 in the state if you pulled them, maybe like... Uh, who would be your favorite Chiefs, NFL team? Yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs, a little Chiefs bit. or Broncos is probably like number like number one, number two. Okay, um, and then I'd say yeah, Vikings are up there. All the kind of the whole NFC North is up there. Is you know uh, Green Bay, Chicago, and probably the Vikings are all 
you know, probably right within there as well. Um, one of the bars we frequented was a big Seahawks. The owners were big Seahawks fans. Um, but yeah, I'd say for like largest contingent, probably like the Chiefs and the Broncos were kind of one and two. Um, I don't know, you know, probably interchangeable between that. Because Lincoln, like if you get down to Lincoln where like the Cornhuskers are, it's not all that far from KC. It's probably only like three hours or so from okay. KC. So pretty close um, nice. in terms of what they, yeah, of what they had. But yeah, it was, it definitely was an interesting time being down there and seeing all them. A uh, quick question, John, before we jump into some topics here, we like to ask, I like to ask all the listeners uh, when they first come on the show, uh, how, how long have you been listening to Purple Daily and, and where did you discover us? Yeah, it was really probably about two years ago or so when I got back into the cities. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another podcast that I was listening to and I was down in Omaha just when I started listening to podcasts. Um, and then that one was just kind of, re- you know, I was just kind of looking for something new, looking for kind of some different right. takes and stuff. Um, and honestly, it was probably... Yeah, my guess is through Twitter, uh, maybe through call, you know, through caller, caller. Um, you know, or something like that that I just kind of held on to. But then too, like whenever he had, you know, loved hearing Judd and then picking up some other shows. Um, I'm not a huge, you know, Twins guy. You know, I like the Twins and the Timberwolves fine, but I'm not a huge, you know, follower of kind of any of those teams um, outside of just, you know, just kind of casually, you know, casually being a fan. So Purple Daily for me was just kind of the big one right off the bat that, you know, um, just kind of latched onto it. Yeah, I've just enjoyed it ever since. I just love, yeah, love, you know, all the fan involvement, you know, kind of all the fan involvement and and giving people a lot to have a voice and opportunities like this is always a good time, so. Yeah, I mean, that's what kind of what we try to do here on Purple Daily, like to be the most interactive show. Um, obviously, I know we're a little more critical. We're a little more harsh sometimes on the team. But at the end of the day, we want people to come on the show and have a voice and, and give them a space to voice opinions, even if they don't agree with Matthew Judd or myself. Um, that's kind of the whole basis of this show. We want people to be able to come on here and voice their opinions uh, on the Purple because plenty of people have a lot of them. So we'll start with the first Absolutely. one here. Obviously, this last week with Kirk Cousins, he comes off the COVID list. Um, you know, Judd uh, was peppering him with questions at the press conference. I know you've seen our comment section. People are already sick of us uh, bashing Kirk and for, you know, the, the kind of lack of self-awareness uh, with not getting the vaccine and building these plexiglass and having meetings outside and quarterback rooms. So uh, this is a, kind of a nice situation here for you, John, because I think a lot of fans have been wanting to also voice their concerns or voice their opinions uh, on the Kirk Cousins matter. So just... 30,000-foot view from what you've seen over the last few days. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on Kirk Cousins over this last few weeks? You know, it's just been crazy. You know, I just feel like the, the plexiglass stuff, like some of the sound bites that he has, I feel like at times is just kind of, you know, just to kind of hear him say what, what I feel like is, is a pretty simple answer. But And I think, too, kind of it's, it's really team-wide, you know, and, and why, you know, I kind of look at it and um, I've kind of pieced it off is it seems like there's – kind of the the medical kind of humanity side where I understand a lot of folks are saying, hey, you know, it's his, you know, it's his choice. He should be able to kind of do, um, you know, what what he wants with that. And and I can certainly understand that. And certainly we don't need to go into the whole, you know, politics and everything else aside. I think straight from just a a Vikings fan standpoint, um, I think, you know, it's pretty frustrating. You know, I, I think to see him and then other leaders as well, I mean, I think that's the critical thing to me is is how many guys who are veterans on this team who are leaders who are really well respected like Kirk, like Adam Thielen, you know, um, my gosh, Harrison Smith, uh, his name kind of briefed on me there. I just I just couldn't believe it. Like to have that many guys and those all of your leaders that you're turning to, um, you know, not. You know, I guess it's unconfirmed, but, you know, for most of them to just kind of dodge questions about the vaccine to pretty much kind of say that they're not wanting to, to have it, I think it's just pretty frustrating, especially when you saw the impact of 
what it was like just to be close to someone, you know, just to mm-hmm. be in close contact and the rules around that. And I think Kirk kind of threw up air quotes and said it was kind of, uh, you know, it was a problem with the team meeting room, you know, not being allowed to social distance. But let's just be honest. I mean, it was a problem with, you know, you're around these guys all the time. You're going to be in close contact with them all the time. I get it. They're they're going to follow the protocols. And I have no doubt that he and Thielen and Smith will do whatever they can to try and do that. But I think overall it's just frustration. I feel like if you, you know, if we if we want them to be as good as they as, as we feel like they should, you know, to play up to their top talent, they got to be on the field and they got to be available. And I think this week has shown that, if anything, they're, you know, they're that close to just being, you know, kicked off for five days and having to, you know, completely um, avoid, you know, being or being around anyone, being able to practice or potentially being able to play, depending upon when this happens. So, I feel, yeah, overall, just, you know, Super frustrated. I, I feel like there's, you know, definitely a solution there that's that's staring them right in the face. And I understand, you know, for one reason or another, all those guys are not going to do it. But, you know, especially Kirk for for the amount of money he makes uh, to be a leader on this team, as all quarterbacks are for their teams, and for him to kind of dodge questions and for him to, you know, put you know something else in kind of in front of the team, but then still try and you know, say he's a team player and he's going to do whatever he can to to be on the field. It's just super frustrating because I just I just feel like it's just kind of you know mouth speak at this point. But yeah, no, I I hear you too. And honestly, good point too by you to bring up that this is just this is not just Kirk. You know, um, Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith have been vocal that they've also haven't been vaccinated. Um, there's leaders on this team that are not vaccinated. It's not just the quarterback. And I know we've kind of singled out Kirk and understandably when you're the quarterback of the football team you know you take the blame when things are going badly and you get the praise when things are going all right uh but yeah it's 100 percent frustrating and you know the washington post report that said they're the least vaccinated team in the nfl and you know it and putting just the political part of it aside it just seems like you know a lot of people know these protocols are in place and if you're not vaccinated you can only do so many things i thought ryan Tannehill's quote for the tennessee titans last week was very very telling where he said yeah i was I did my research and I didn't want to get it, but then I realized it would be beneficial for me and my teammates if I received the vaccine. So, you know, just kind of yeah, having that self-awareness of, hey, like this is a bigger issue than just politics right. or immunizations. This is we're trying to win a championship here and we need to put ourselves and surround ourselves in the best possible situation um, to, to, to really make to really make this. Absolutely. Work. I, I'm hoping that eventually we're able to get past this. And yeah, maybe in you know two months from now when the Vikings are four and oh will be added and will be laughed at and mocked and say CCC, but right. it, it's just, it, it's such a up in the air thing that it's obviously a great cause for concern, even though we're, we're still, you know, 16 months into this pandemic. Yeah, no, and, and it's a good point too. It might be something where it's, it's beyond us and maybe the Vikings, you know, behind the scenes, they're working out things where, you know, maybe once we get into the season, Kirk, you know, is able to do more things virtually and he doesn't got to show up, you know, or they do something like, um, I think, you know, one of the teams did last year where they had a quarterback, you know, like on standby who was never with the team, you know, and they were just going to fly him in if they ever needed him or something like that. So, you know, I just feel like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe behind the scenes they're working out something. I don't think it's going to be the plexiglass that uh, Kirk wants, but I, I do think, you know, there there is going to be, you know, hopefully a, a light at the end of the tunnel where things are kind of past that where maybe once they figure it out as well and we get down to the 53, um, you know, maybe, you know, I, I think Kirk's, you know, has made it clear he's not going to change his mind, you know, holding that hope that some of these other guys do as they continue to, you know, quote unquote, do their own research. But to your point as well, you know, we might get to a point in the season where they kind of get things figured out. Um, they're not much as risk for, for close contact. Um, you know, it'll 
even if they don't get vaccinated, that is, you know, obviously there's there's a clear sign if they want to, but if they don't, maybe they're able to figure out a way where uh, they can kind of make it work. So hopefully, and to your point, yeah, hopefully then it's just behind us and, and we're thinking about other things. So yeah, let's uh, we'll, we'll transition now to another topic which has a lot of people fired up, uh, but at the same time uh, for uh, different reasons, the offensive line. So on Friday at practice, uh, Christian Derisaw, who has been in on pads but not really in on practicing. Uh, Mike Zimmer had some very interesting comments about that as well, saying it's been frustrating because he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Kind of already uh, not a good sign when your head coach is saying that about you and you're only three months into your NFL career. And now Dakota Dozier, Ole Udo are getting uh, first-team reps. Wyatt Davis is also still not really even sniffing first or second team. Uh, it, it is all of a sudden the offensive line, especially when you look at the subtraction of Riley Reef, you can make a case that if that's the starting lineup on week one in Cincinnati, the Vikings offensive line actually might be worse than it was in 2020. So I've been asking a lot of fans this, and, and we all just assumed over the last few weeks, because this was before training camp started going, that, you know, th- this will be fine. It'll be Christian Derrissaw and Wyatt Davis, and they're rookies, but, you know, it should be able to hold up Kirk okay. I guess uh, what is your thoughts on the offensive line here with those first few looks at training camp with Dakota Dozier and Ole Udo getting run? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there are a lot of feelings on it because I feel – like Pete, you know, going into the offseason, everyone I think since we've had Kirk and since we've kind of seen where where his strengths and weaknesses are, everyone's been like, wow, you know, if we just get you know some maulers up there and we just load that thing up, like we you know we should be able to you know really pump out as 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 much as we can from him. And I think the upsetting part for a lot of folks is just like it just seems like they they take swings, you know, and Bradbury is kind of underperformed um, with where he's at, and and then you take Ezra Cleveland, but you know he's never really played that offensive tackle position that he was drafted in, so it seems like you know every every year we have high hopes, and then every year it's, you know Rick Spielman and Co kind of put something together that we don't really know exactly what you know what it is like it just seems like it's unfinished you know and it just seems like it's not as clean and and obviously following them for um you know as long as you and I have it just seems like it's something where they're always trying to to kind of fiddle with it and I think you know it, it you know when I was on write that down and I think just this last uh, you know just this last episode that I just listened to um the guy that was on there I also said you know he, he really didn't believe you know that they were going to be that vastly improved I think he said you know somewhere between 22 and 26 on my write that down I said they won't even be in the top half um that a lot of people were asking I think to your point it's just because of it seems like even though they went out you know it and it seems like it made sense on paper, right? You draft Derrissaw, you get Wyatt Davis, all of a sudden you have your five starters, and everyone's like, all right, this is done. Good job, everyone. But it's like the classic like Minnesota thing started to come back, just to your point. Derrissaw's barely practiced. Wyatt Davis was taking like 13 center reps um, and was coming back from an injury himself. Ezra Cleveland's moved to position. Dakota Dozier's on the roster, uh, which is like mind, you know, mind-blowing um, that they think anyone you know would else would pick up this guy is just is just kind of crazy to me um and i think one of the quotes the other day i think maybe it was bradbury even who's like oh did Dakota Dozier could play any of the five positions like he certainly cannot <laughs> he, he can't play one position like i don't want him anywhere so yeah no I, i'm really concerned i you know to everyone's point reef has reef had a really strong tenure the entire time he was with the vikings yeah. i think 2017 was almost like a career year for him and, you know, it's, it was never like he was, you know, an, an all-pro by any means, but he was a very solid, consistent left tackle. And so even if you had Rashad Hill or Derrissaw, even for Derrissaw to come out, I think I think when they drafted, we all saw them 
you know, move those guys into the depth chart, and we were all like, hey, everything's going to be okay, without mm-hmm. realizing even if Derisaw and Davis were starting from day one, even if it was all perfectly healthy, rookie offensive linemen could just get chewed up in this league. Yeah, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get Tristan Wirfs, you know, as – you know, but you're also going to get a lot of, you know, Bradberries out there. You know, there's a lot more Bradberries and there's a lot more guys that are maybe average than there are really superstars. So I think even in, in a perfect scenario, if those guys were super healthy, it still might be just an average O-line. But if you're talking about, you know, playing Rashad Hill for many games and maybe Ole Udo or Dozier at, at right guard if Davis can't get there and still Ezra Cleveland still isn't playing his designated, you know, college position for what we drafted him for as, as a high draft pick as we did. He's and he's moved positions now again and, and Bradbury still is what he is and I think O'Neal, you know, is still pro- is, is solid. So you got kind of still four question marks really across the board there, which I think if you had at, you know, any of us coming from last season, you know, to still have four question marks here with, as your point at the beginning of the show, a month away, um, is pretty concerning. You know, pretty concerning. I feel like um, just across the board. So, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, still still a lot of questions. Yeah, it's it's not a good sign. Um, <laughs> I, it, it, we all were just banking that these two rookies would step in right away and, and they'd be just right. fine. And it would. It, I, I agree with you. No one thought Darisaw or even Wyatt Davis would step in and be Pro Bowls, All Pro players. But if you if you just had average left tackle, average Huge. guard, that's that's all that you know. Just a law of averages there, for lack of a better word. Like it would have made the offensive line an improvement. Dakota Dozier was the worst graded guard right. in all of football last year. So you replace him with Wyatt Davis, who could who could literally be you know ranked 32nd among all the you know 62 active guards or whatever 64 active guards, how many there are right. in, in, in a season. That you think okay, the line will naturally be improved. It's, it's not right. going to be world beaters. They won't be you know, the New England Patriots from back in the day, and they won't be, you know, Indianapolis Colts from, from Peyton Manning's days, but you thought that the offensive line, if you plug and play these rookies, it'd be a lot better. And right. now that, like, we're inching closer and closer, like, Ole Udo, like, yeah, maybe. Like, maybe we were all just waiting on him, and, and he right. could be a stud, but I think we all know who Dakota Dozier is. Yeah, so we know, wh- yeah. Wh- why, why even give him first and second? Like, is Wyatt Davis that much far behind? I mean, he went to Ohio State. Those guys literally breed linemen. I it, it it's baffling to me too, dude. I think you summed it up perfectly. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, his his signing made absolutely no sense. Um, I I don't know what they see in it. And two, you know, I yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing really more to say other than still question marks across the board. Again, to kind of the first point we made on the first question, you know, maybe four or five weeks in, they got it figured out, or um, you know, things moving forward here, and yeah, maybe Derisock comes up, and maybe they're just kind of goofing around with us and Wyatt Davis, you know, plays in the preseason games and plays well. Um, and then there's not as much question marks. And to your point, I mean, all we're asking for is average. I think an average offensive line with Kirk is, you know, and then playing for, you know, blocking for Dalvin as well. I think that opens up so many different things within this offense. Um, to even get average, I feel, I feel like would just – be a huge boon to this team and and to give Kirk a little bit more time um yeah I think would be huge so and maybe they scrum it together and the line is still average which would still be great you know to our point which would still be great so opportunities are still there they don't need to be the best offensive line in the league but um it's certainly yeah to your to what we're saying still question marks here this this close to the season Absolutely. Let's uh, turn to this third question here. Judd and I talked about this on Friday's episode on Four Question Friday on Purple Daily, and we asked, we both went around and said, which player can the Vikings not afford to lose in 2021? I said Justin Jefferson, and by the way, we are, I pre-record this show on Friday afternoon. 
And, John, I'll drop a little bit of a breaking news bomb for you here. Um, in the last 10 minutes, Justin Jefferson was injured in practice and had to go to the locker room. So a great sign there. I said Justin Jefferson's the one player they can't <laughs> afford to lose. So it, it, this might be a me thing, and I just cursed it. Uh, Judd said Daniil Hunter. I'm curious who you would think, John, uh, as the one player. And, by the way, not named Kirk Cousins. Uh, a, a little caveat to that. I don't know if I specified that. But one player not named Kirk Cousins that the Vikings can't afford to lose in 2021. You know, it was a great question, and I thought about it for a lot, and and certainly, too, upset that I haven't checked my Twitter yet to see what's going on with uh, JJ there. (laughs) So, with Jet, we're obviously thinking of him, because, yeah, I mean, I I see that offense a lot, and I'm just, you know, really worried about losing him. And I I would even throw out, if you lost either of the wide receivers, I felt like Adam Thielen, this would probably be the same way. Um, Just for those two guys, and again, one of the chief concerns of, of me with, with Adam Thielen as well is just when it comes back to the vaccination stuff. We can't afford to lose that guy for a game. You know, I guess one game is one thing, but if it's any multiple of games, you know, I'd even be worried about losing either of the wide receivers because I just don't see a, a ton of depth there. Um, my, you know, I like, I like, like the young kid out of Iowa. I think he's a good burner. Um, you know, but to me overall, there's just not anyone proven there, you know, even with D.D. Westbrook, you know, he's coming off an injury. So if you lost either of those guys right off the bat, you'd be down to the other wide receiver, whoever's left, and Irv Smith to be your downfield targets, to be actually the reliable guys. And, you know, Conklin, you can throw him in there as well. But if you lose either of those two wide receivers, I just don't see there being enough enough weapons there to really push a team because then they double, you know, whoever it is. If they lose J.J., if they use Adam Thielen, and then they're able to double the other one, uh, all you have is Irv Smith, and then you have a ton of unproven guys. You know, then you're counting on D.D. Westbrook and, you know, with B.Z. Johnson, you know, tearing his ACL, he's done. You're just counting on a lot of guys that you, you just don't know what they're going to be. And it'd be great if, you know, we got another late round, you know, Stephon Diggs guy to just pop out of nowhere and, and absolutely tear it up. But I'm, I'm with you. Justin Jefferson, to me, um, if you, he lost considerable time. Uh, we're going to knock on wood, hope that everything's okay there. But him or Adam Thielen, I just, you know, then you become a Dalvin Cook show. And love, I mean, love me some Dalvin. He's my wife's fantasy team. He, was pretty much her team last season, or he was her team last season, and uh, again, so talented. But if you just become a, a rushing team with with just one ride receiver, you know you're you're you know you're done for. It's just, you're just not going to be able to push as much as much as you need to. We've seen this team have two really strong wide receivers for a long time, and have done really well with it. But yeah, so I'm with you. If you lose either of those two wide receiver guys, specifically Justin, um, I I think they're they're really in trouble. Oh, I can't hear you, Dex. There you go. Little Mike was muted there. Uh, I, I was saying that if if you lose one of Thielen or Jefferson, um, and all of a sudden you have to rely on KJ Osborne, who's having a nice camp, uh, Dee Dee Westbrook, who's still yep. being eased into things, yeah, Mir Smith Marset. Who knows? I, you know, it'd be awesome if he turns into Stefan Diggs. Uh, you know, that's obviously a far-fetched uh, 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 thought process, but I. I Justin Jefferson's the most explosive player on this offense, in my opinion. I think he is more explosive than Dalvin Cook. He's a yep. wide receiver. He takes the top off the defense, and he literally makes the offense go. And he had such a strong rookie season from a wide receiver that we really haven't seen in such a long time that the, you think his career is ahead of him here, and this maybe could be Randy Moss 2.0 and blah, blah, blah. But if if uh, if you lose Jefferson or you lost Thielen, it could be a, a long, long season for the Vikings. So, John, uh, one more question for you here. Uh, I've asked ask everyone this, too, at the end, the end of each episode of Ventline. 
after talking about Kirk, we just talked about offensive line, we even just talked about doomsday scenarios of players that could get injured. How many wins uh, are you projecting this season for the 2021 Vikings? You know, with, uh, with the 17 game schedule, you know, 10 and 6 used to feel like a really big achievement, but now with 17 games, for some reason 10 and 7 just like doesn't have as much ring or it seems like it's closer to 500 uh, than you'd want it to be. I think with, with Aaron Rodgers coming back, uh, probably 10 and 7 is where I'd safely put them. Okay. Um, I did bet, when the, I think when it first came out, uh, I think the over-under Vegas was like 8.5 or something like that, so I think I took that pretty quickly. <laughs> I guess I feel like they're definitely a nine, a nine-win yeah. team, even, even you know, even if they struggle or even if there's some struggles there. But uh, yeah, so I like them at ten and seven, and uh, hopefully that sneaks them in uh, to the playoffs here. I think ten and seven is probably a good call here. I mean, that, that might be the ceiling if you're going to roll with this offensive line. I said eleven and six uh, after the draft and into minicamp and and whatnot. But if man, if it's only Udo Dakota Dozier's show, uh, it, it's it's going to be a it could be a potentially a very very long season for the Purple. So uh, yeah. we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm still excited. Vikings football is coming back. We're a month away. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I were talking off, Mike. Yeah, the Twins, uh, not really that interesting right now. We're waiting on the Wild and Wolves to make some type of move. Uh, we're a month away from the football season. And football never sleeps, and I can't believe it's already a month away. So we will get Vikings football, whether that's Kirk Cousins, whether that's Jake Browning. I don't know who's going to be there. Or Dakota Dozier, yeah. doesn't matter. Football will be back here in just about a month. Uh, I'll watch uh, them. Yeah. I'll watch whoever they suit up. That's for sure. Right. We'll see who it is, but I'll watch whoever it suit, whoever suits up. But yeah, it's exciting, exciting to be back. You know, even the preseason games. You know, still fun to watch. Still fun to see some guys get out there. You know, the undrafteds and and everything like that. It's just yeah, good to turn, you know, turn the TV on and watch football again. Definitely. Yeah, man, really appreciate you coming on, John. Uh, I, I usually give also a shout-out. Is there a 60-second shout-out? Uh, you can make one last take or shout someone out here before we wrap. Is there anyone you want to shout-out to? Yeah, love it. Uh, shout-out, you know, to my family who put up with me uh, watching the Vikings early on uh, in my childhood, and I, you know, sometimes get so mad and frustrated in my competitive nature that they'd have to leave the room. Uh, but they stuck around, you know, family, they stuck around with me, so that's great. And, and obviously, too, uh, being married now, my wife also, you know, has donned the purple. Uh, luckily, it's her favorite color, so that's great. Uh, it fits in pretty well, uh, but she has also kind of put up with me uh, occasionally, uh, maybe a little too often, uh, kind of screaming at the TV on, on Sundays or, or Mondays or Thursdays or what have you. But she's been great, goes with me. We go to a game live every year, uh, even when we were down in Omaha. Uh, she tru- you know, We trucked back up to, uh, to go to a game, and we love being back here in Minneapolis and being able to go see them uh, you know, once a year in person and watching them on TV. So definitely a shout-out to my wife for uh, letting me, let me continue to uh, throw on the purple and don jerseys and, and act like a uh, be my uh, – I think it's lazy boy, lazy boy chair uh, quarterback. So yep. yeah, it's great. Well, yeah, that's the best position to be, lazy chair quarterback. And that's exactly. the same thing with me. You know, I roll out of bed at 11:45 on Sundays after a night of fun on Saturday and turn on football. I mean, there's nothing Amen. better than that. So. It is. It's great. Hey John, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, great points, great takes. Uh, if anyone wants to get wants to get in on a future episode of Vikings Ventline, shoot me an email, VikingsVentline at gmail.com. I will gladly put you in queue. We're a month away from the season, and obviously once the regular season starts, we'll get traditional Ventline back with Mackie and Judd and myself. We'll bring fans on uh, to vent about the game. Uh, after every single, literally the moment after the Vikings game ends, we start Vikings Vent Line. It's your show. Uh, we let people come on and voice their opinions. So we're a month away from that. But if you'd like to get in on an off-season edition with myself, shoot me an email, vikingsventline at 
gmail.com. We are back on Monday. Uh, we'll have plenty to talk about on training camp with Mackie and Judd. Until then, thank you so much. Hit that subscribe button, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, and scorenart.com. We'll talk to you on Monday. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.